Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. I'm good. How are you? I'm so happy. It's been a long week in my life, but here, season 13, MAPS, also our third season of Auto Call. Um, we kind of forgot, or did we remember? We had our one-year anniversary sometime last week. I can't believe we are here still. Or can you? <laughs> I can. I have that, um, that guess who's back, back again. Like, <laughs> stuck in my head all week. Like, we're back. We're back. <laughs> I know. It was it, it was good. Like, I mean, season 12 was like, oh, my God. The hill that would never end. And it was like climbing up a mountain. And then it was good to have that break. You just, we just kind of needed that break to refresh. And, you know, you got some travel in. I got some rest in. It was good. It was good. But now we're back. I'm so ready. So before we get into season 13, we have a couple announcements. First, a couple weeks ago, we were invited to guest on the Wise and Wine podcast with Jen with two N's. It was a really great and fun time to talk to Jen. And you can find her podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow her on Instagram, Wise and Wine Podcast. Yes, it was so fun. So like I said... We're just ready. We're ready to talk about season 13 after the lovely premiere that we had. But first, we have to take out some trash. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all have been all over the socials being like, have you guys heard about the latest thing? Because the Married at First Sight people have not been sleeping. Um, They've been making moves. So on Patreon, on our bonus episode um, about who we'd like to hang out with, we talked about Eric and Virginia breaking up to absolutely nobody's surprise. Um, 
And then that very same day when we, I think, released the episode was the day when Ryan and Clara were like, oh, we're done. So what did you think of that, Tane? Oh, uh, I was heartbroken. I was just like, geez, this is how you repay us for standing for you? Like, what is this? But the thing is, I can't even imagine what it was because they seemed to be on the right track. She changed her last name. They were visiting friends and family. I mean, and they've been together like for a significant amount of time since, you know, the reunion. It's like six months since then. And they were planning their, is it bar renewal or actual wedding? Although bar renewal is a reality curse. So I don't know. It's just sad. I wonder what the breaky, what broke the camel's back. I don't know if we'll ever find out. But um, Claire even said like, hey, if you need a whole bunch of New Year's Eve uh party decorations i have them because she had bought them for the wedding that is now not going to happen so i agree with you that it was very sudden and then in the meantime jake and virginia have been fooling around being really i'm just gonna say dumb on the socials hey virginia getting on jake's live to defend Haley from something it's all very i'm not impressed it's like I thought Lifetime was the only thing that didn't want us to forget season 12, but these cast members, they also don't want us to forget them. They just keep on with the drama offline. It's like Virginia, unless you... Because Virginia and Eric, I think now they're kind of acknowledging that they've broken up before (laughs) they were... I don't know if it was couples cam or just trying to get her influencer dollars, which Jake also seems to be trying to get his influencer dollars. He appears on Instagram Lives with no shirt on I mean, more than zero times, which is more times, which is too many times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think now they're acknowledging that they broke up. And of course, I'll give Eric this. He's kind of being classier about it than she seems to be. I mean, what do we expect? But to be fair, so not to be fair, but like Chris has been very vocal on the socials. And I don't know what it means if I feel like Chris is making sense. Because he's just like the experts are just concerned about their numbers, um, their decision day numbers. It doesn't matter if they break up afterwards. And they're not focused on mental health and how his mental health was so bad and he was asking for help and no one was acknowledging it. He was also being shady and calling out, you know, Eric being pulled up, pulled over with a DUI. I don't know how true this is, so everything I say is alleged. But he was just going off on all of them. He he had, he did say though that Ryan is you know a classy guy and he wishes them the best. But everyone else was fair game. <laughs> and I expect Chris to have a lot of thoughts that make no sense, and then a lot of thoughts that do make sense in there. Mm-hmm. But it's also very what what are you? Tr- I never understand what are you trying to gain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's really sad when people get on social media because they want to call out what they see as the truth, yeah. but no one really cares. Well, like he's not going to take down the TV show with his truth bombs. I think it just all boils down to entertainment because at the end of the day, what are we doing? We're talking about all the breakups and the fights, you know? <laughs> uh, well, then I will say this. Brianna and Vincent, they're... <laughs> They were real quick to be like, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Last one standing. How about Bennett and Amelia? Oh, thank you for bringing that one up. Yeah, no one knows, but I mean, I think Maps fan is reporting and hard-hitting journalism says that I think they're done. Uh, What do you think? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, this is also one of the couples we touched on in our bonus episode, and it was conflicting reports. Like I said, on Couples Cam, you know, the episode where he comes to see Miles, he just says, like, oh, she's so busy. But he was so flippant about it that I'm like, mm, that was just weird. But um, I'd also seen the reports where, you know, someone had said that he said, she she dumped me. But like he said, Mass Fan and her hard-hitting journalism, we had, like, receipts of him going out on a date with someone or she going out on a date with someone too and him just like being in New Orleans. So it just pretty much seems like they're and she's posted a lot of pictures also. I don't know what my level of entitlement is that I'm like, can you guys just put out an announcement? Can someone dig up some court documents? I don't like this. Are they un- or aren't they? <laughs> exactly, the uncertainty. But to be honest with you, as much as I like Bennett and Amelia, once again, I don't care anymore. I'm here <laughs> season 13 on to newer things. I don't know what they're in store, what they have in store for us, but it is what it is. Everyone just go and be happy together, separate, whatever. Find your happy. So rolling in finally to season 13, episode one. So in good news, I think, I think Lifetime's listening to us because I told them to make Unfiltered an after show and lo and behold, Unfiltered is now an after show. At least for this week. I I hope it continues. And then they had this first look thing where you can watch the first 30 minutes of the episode, which is something 90 Day Fiance does that I don't really understand. Yeah, I don't get it either. I don't know what the point is of teasing you. To do what? I'm watching anyways. (laughs) So we'll see if those two continues. But for Unfiltered, we will be recapping it on our Patreon this week. So to hear it, go te- check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash altercallmafs. All righty. Are we ready to dive into this? You know, I'm not even going to say it was an unnecessary three-hour premiere because I, for one, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I Same. I was like, is this maps? Is maps bad? Or is it just a break? But it was just... It was a roller coaster of emotions. And when I just thought things were going bad, having flashbacks, I'm like, okay, I'm back in. And it ended on a really, really, really nice note. So it was good. I thought I thought I was watching a new show. Like, I don't want to give them too much credit because it's only the first episode. But based on this first episode, I have really high expectations for the rest of the season. I think they're going in a new, better direction. All right, all right, Aid. I'm not as trusting as you are at the end of the day. It's still maps. I'm going to take it episode by episode, but what I will say is I had the feeling of why, I was reminded why I like the show. That hope, that optimism, even though you know shit is around the corner, but you just allow yourself to feed into it. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Should we start with Merla and Gil? Go for it. All right. So Pascal, he tells us that they're a great match because of their similar upbringing and cultural connection. And we see Gil gathering his boys to let them know that he's getting married. And, you know, to describe Gil, for those of you who do not watch the show, and yes, we do have some people who don't watch the show. He's tall, he's built, muscles, and he's black. And honestly, Abe, I can't tell if Gil is attractive. I mean, I think most people will find him attractive, but he doesn't do it for me. I can see that, yeah. <laughs> he definitely has the body. 
Yeah, like he has all the ingredients to be an attractive person. And I'm not saying he's not, he just doesn't do it for me, you know. So again, and I've complained about this in previous seasons, we go through this whole charade of them not knowing that they are filming a show called Married at First Sight. What do you think you are here for, people? So then we get his intro package, which we get for all of the couples. Gil is 35, something we see through the episode eight. I think this is like the oldest. Yes, yes. Average of people. I think all of them are 35 except one person. All of the men are 35 years old except for one guy. And I just find this to be very positive. <laughs> Until they prove to you that age don't mean anything. Exactly. <laughs> but in terms of trying, going for that older demographic is good. It's good. It's good. Yep. So um, you guys know that I like the titles that they give them at the beginning. And Gills is Mr. Caring and Charismatic. And we find out that he's a firefighter. And he says when people find that out, it seems to go over very well. And then he laughs so heartily and throws his head back and all Tane could see were the bumps on his neck. So. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't like things like that. You know, you remember I don't like hair? So I was just noticing all that. Okay. So <laughs> he describes himself as a selfless and caring person. And he's dated a lot of good women, just not, you know, some his wife. And as he's working out, he tells us that he's single because finding the right girl that he can relate to in every aspect of his life has been challenging. So we see that he has a dog named Hype. I kind of like that name. I think that was cool. And I was about to say, oh, we have another season full of pets. And then I started going through my memory bank and I'm like, Maps has always had people with pets, but I don't know why last season was the one that stood out. Is it because all of all the wives or all of them had pets? I all of the girls had pets and like all but two of the guys had pets or one of the guys. So yeah. this season, definitely less pets, which is, you know, it, it is what it is. Pet yeah. people usually like other pet people. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all I could think about was how if I was there, that would be one of the things I put on there. Like, listen, if there's her dog, it's not going to happen. So Exactly. <laughs> so he tells us that Maps is good for him because after facing the mental and physical hardship um, of his day-to-day job, it will be nice to have a wife to come home to. This is a statement I side-eyed. I just wondered if he had any feelings. There was something about Gil and his description of his dating history and, like, I want a wife to come home to. No offense to anybody on the show, really. But sometimes there's a reason why you're single at 35 (laughs) when you're an attractive man with a good job. And I think it's a recurring theme with some of the guys and that I think Gil's standards might be too high. And yeah, you are right. Because one of his friends did say that. He's like, why is he doing this? Like, he doesn't have a hard time getting women. So what is the problem? So then he says that he's in search of that 90s R&B type love, and he explains that what that means is passionate, real, and straightforward. And I'm really glad that he told us what that means, because I would have scratched my head all night wondering what the heck is a 90s R&B type love, although the first thing that came to my head was someone standing in the rain singing to a girl at a window. Yes, that is 90s R&B type love, yes. (laughs) 
So he then just tells us that he's a full-blooded Colombian. I mean, I knew that because, you know, they said that in the description when they released it to People magazine. But I guess for those who might not know, because at first when you see him, you just automatically think he's African-American. But he's a full-blooded Colombian. And I'm like, it is good to see some Afro-Latinos in that house. You know, Max is really good at this diversity thing. Yes, it's good that we saw them in the house because we sure didn't see them in the Heights. So... <laughs> Carry on, carry on. <laughs> okay, and then we switch over for a segment that I think lasted way longer than it should be of him telling us that he loves to salsa dance and he's literally salsa dancing still at his gym. I guess he got like an empty um, gym room or something and he's salsa dancing in there and he says it's something he hopes to bring to his marriage. Then he tells us that, you know, he doesn't trust everybody but is looking to trust someone and we find out that when he was 14, he lost his dad in a home invasion. Um, two guys were in the house and his dad got struck by a bullet, which was really sad. I think I have to mention that this is something that we find, we find was a common theme. I feel like everyone had like a sad story. Yes. Usually. And this is what I meant by a new show. <laughs> I mean, it's not the... It, yeah, it was a different... Different vibe, different vibe. Yeah. I'm used to this with American Idol or The Voice when you're like, just sing. But, you know, I think, you know, it's more, it's more apt here. It's applicable here because, you know, your past or your past trauma is what makes you who you are and manifests itself in relationships. But it's not something we've always seen with maps. So I don't mind it so much. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't bad, but it was just everyone had a sad story. So... Friends are shocked that he's doing maps, which Aid has mentioned before that she thinks that's a bad sign when your friends are very against it in in the way where they're like, huh, I don't think he's ready. I'm not sure. So I don't know. <laughs> and then his friend asks him, what if you're not attracted to her? And then he says, what if she's not attracted to me? Points for Gil, people. Points for Gil. I agree with that. I literally said the same thing. Point in his favor. <laughs> so, do you have any thoughts on Gil before I move to Merla? I, I, I was like hot and cold with Gil. There were parts of him that I was like, oh, this guy's really great. And there were other parts where I was like, ah. And I also felt like last year I was way too quick to like try to redeem Chris sort of in the beginning. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm not doing it this year. If you present yourself to be trash, I'm, and I think if I, if my instincts are telling me, I'm just going to go with it. But mm -hmm. honestly, Gil was just somewhere in the middle. I'm just not sure about him. I think that's fair. We don't know enough, you know? So, yeah. So then we move on to his bride. Her name is Merla. Her title is Picture Perfect and Princess, and she is 34. We meet Merla in a quite interesting outfit to me. It was like a crop top and a skirt with knee-length boots. I think they were like velvet or something. It was it was it was very clueless reminiscent. <laughs> and you know, she's meeting up with her friends, and I found it interesting. She did have a guy in the mix. And when she tells them that she's getting married, poor boy did not react. In fact, he just kept eating his food. I saw the girls were like, ooh, ah, he just kept eating his food. I just so want to say one thing. Yes. 
So the restaurant that they went to is called Indianola. <laughs> and that was the last restaurant I went to in Houston for a very nice dinner. And I sat next to the booth <laughs> that they were in. Lucky you, because I kept looking to see if there was anything anywhere that I knew or that I had been to or recognized, but it was zero for me. But you've also been there more more recently than I have. Yes. So I, I while yes, a huge part of watching the show is just Restaurant spotting for me, neighborhood spotting, trying to be like, where are they? So we start her package with her telling us that she's bougie and her husband has to be okay with it as it's likely not going to change. Take note, people, we are going to hear that 10 more times through the entire episode. She's ready for maths because she's tired of interviewing men, asking them if they're ready to get married and have a kid, and they say no. And then she says, and honestly, being single is lonely. And, you know, I appreciated her for saying that. I mean, I talk about this with my friends a lot. There's not enough room for women to actually just come right out and say they're lonely because immediately they're labeled as thirsty or desperate and stuff like that. But it's okay. It's a human emotion. And Merla just says it. Being single is lonely. Very true. Very true. So she tells us that she indulges herself in lots of self-care she has routines and she always wears matching outfits to the gym and she always does her eyelashes um i thought it was a good sign that they both like working out until as i watch further i realized that again this season everyone had an obligatory running shot (laughs) there are fit people I felt like this overview of her skincare routine and her care routine was, maybe I just don't trust these people. Cause I felt like it was trying to be negative. And I was like, this is not negative. Like what she does is <laughs> what a lot of women do and you're going to get judged for not doing it. So it just seemed like it was presented in a negative way. So I agree with that, but I think the, way where I feel it was presented in a negative way was they were trying to present her as someone obsessed with social media. Because the way it was done and when she was doing the matching outfit, the shot they kept using over and over again was her posing in front of the mirror, taking pictures of that and, you know, all that stuff. And that's what made me feel like, okay, is this another Taylor 2.0 where they're trying to make it seem like she's just more concerned about how she looks? And I... I just didn't get that vibe from her. Like, I guess we've entered a new age where I think maybe five years ago or even three years ago, you would see like a picture of a girl taking all those pictures and you would think, oh my gosh, she's like wanting to be an influencer. But I feel like that's just how everybody presents themselves on social media influencer know these days. This is true, but I also don't think her saying I do Botox because I want to look like JLo when I'm 50 helped her cause. Because it just sounded like something someone younger would say. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just don't think, like, in my 30s, I'm still trying to be, like, a celebrity. I don't know if that makes sense. I think it's just our youth-obsessed culture. And you can't win for losing. If you let yourself go, people will be like, oh, you should look young. If you do all the stuff to make yourself look like J-Lo when you're 50, yeah, can't win. my notes that she seemed very social media heavy because she kept um, peppering in like hashtag whatever it was that she was talking about but she explains that she is this way because she grew up poor like really really poor so Dion 
asked her, and Dion is the lone guy in her group of friends, asked her, what does he do? Which I thought was an interesting question because again, it's married at first sight. She just told you I've been mad. So why, why, why would she know what he does? So again, they're pretending that they don't know what they're filming. And she says, all she knows is the short list of requirements that she asked for. And they asked her, what, what is in this? And she said, a man who believes in faith. This could be me being picky, but I was like, do you believe in faith or do you just have faith? <laughs> and also, does it matter which faith? <laughs> True. And she says that she asked for someone tall, dark, handsome, bearded, and enjoys the same lifestyle as she does. And her friends chime in that, that it's about what she needs, not what she wants. And maybe she needs someone that's cheap because she's high maintenance. I'm like, uh, hold on. I don't understand why what she needs has to be negative. I don't understand that trope. Everyone is like, oh, you have to be, you know, broke to be <laughs> humble. Why can't you just get someone who is in the same income bracket and also enjoys nice things or is fine with her enjoying her lifestyle? I've just never understood that. You don't need to have someone cheat because she's high maintenance. Just get someone who compliments her or balances her out. Yeah, agreed. It's very invalidating as a human to be told, like, oh, the things that you like don't matter. You'd be better off if you just found someone who took them all away from you. Why? Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, there's, there's facts in that it's what she needs, but what you need doesn't always have to be, like, negative. So then they go in on how she's not good on compromise, she's picky, she's a certain way, and she doesn't want anyone with a bald head. And I'm like, there goes the show we know, because guys, <laughs> Gil is bald, very bald. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, but here we go. And then she specifically says, um, I will be very distracted by a bald head. So no, I don't want a bald head. So we'll see how this plays out. Dion tells us that he's very conflicted because he knows it's something that she wants, but she requires a lot. And if he doesn't meet that mold, and I quote, I fear for him. <laughs> like, what's she going to do? Kill him in his sleep? And this is her friend. <laughs> yes, it was not nice. I was like, your friends like her? What is this? <laughs> so despite all that we've heard, Pascal is convinced that they are going to be successful because they know who they are and they have traits that will complement each other and Gail has the sensitivity. He mentions the baldness, so good on him for recognizing that, but then he also says, but that's just her being superficial. And I'm like, Pascal, that is all they have to go on when they meet each other. Can we at least try to give them a good head start? But that's all we have for their intro package, so that was interesting. What did you think? I was so annoyed with Pastor Cal. It's basically they said like, oh, we decided she was shallow about her wants and so we ignored her. <laughs> he did mention that they both come from an impoverished background, which <laughs> wow. I think it makes me laugh because not everybody reacts to life situations the same way. Like, you can find two people who grew up in an impoverished background, and it makes one of them a person who never wants to spend money, and the other one a person who wants to spend money all the time. Yeah. So, hopefully they can see each other's point of view no matter how this turns out. And I do think sharing, like, that is generally a good thing, because you can also have issues when someone doesn't understand what it's like to be poor. Yeah. But, uh, Marla and Gil, I... I 
I'm going to be optimistic probably about everybody. So I'm actually optimistic about Merla and Gil. I just don't even know what I feel because, again, I'm wondering if it's the editing. Because I don't think Merla got a good edit this episode. Agreed. And I know every time I watch them, my heart squeezed a little. But we'll see. Because, you know, what I kept remembering was this is kind of how they presented uh, Brianna. And I was thinking, oh, my God, we're going to have, like, you know, someone just going to be uptight and slow to pick. But it didn't play out that way. So we'll see. We'll see. So next we move on to Michaela and Zach. So we start with Zach, who is described as a renaissance man. What does that mean? He's new age. I mean, it's like new age, but renaissance. Anyway, I, I, it's just, it's one of those words that I think just gets thrown around with no meaning. Um, but he's described as smart, successful, and creative. And he, we see him sit down with his brother and his parents, um, you know, to let them know that he's about to get married. His brother's name is Tolliver. Love that name. <laughs> so Zach sits down with his parents and his brother and his dad is like, what made you think to do this? And they're still having, like, the generic conversation. He <laughs> seems so nervous. I mean, I have just seen him on my screen for three minutes, but I can already read the nervousness coming off of him. And his mom, who is beautiful, his parents are a very attractive couple, and it is very clear how they produce this child. All um, the children. His brothers are cute. I know. When I found out Tolliver wasn't single, I was like, dang it. Um, (laughs) Mom says marriage is more than love. And Zach says he is tired of playing the piano for no one, which is a very sad thing to say. Girl, I I, I let out a belly laugh. That made me laugh a lot. That's very terrible of me, but I laughed out loud. So Zach talks about all the physical trials that he would go through to find love. He would do a thousand push-ups and all these other physical things. And then he's like, you just have to sit down and talk to three experts to find your wife. I'm going to do it. (laughs) And then pictures. He loves his brother and his family. And they flash pictures of family pictures. And they're just a very attractive family. And they have the cutest pictures. It's very sweet. He talks about how both of his brothers, one is engaged, one is in a long-term relationship, and he's like, here's me all by myself, so i that's why he wants to be married. Um, he said that he has an ideal person in his head, and that his longest relationship was nine months, and that love is, is what's going to make him complete. And he says he's ready to fall in love. So we flash back to his sit-down with his parents. His dad is like... It's this is crazy on a whole nother level. And then finally he lets it out that he's getting married in two weeks. His family reaction is priceless. <laughs> Jaws are literally dropping. His dad is like, You're ready. Are you ready to be a husband? I very much enjoyed his parents. <laughs> his dad is just like, okay. <laughs> um, his mom starts crying, and you could just see. <laughs> I can just imagine what it's like to be like a mom and like you have three boys and a husband and you could like tell like at their house when mom starts crying this is a problem (laughs) (laughs) capital P problem and she starts saying no one is going to be good enough for your children and I don't want any random girl for my son 
And we can tell he does not enjoy upsetting his mother this way. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I want to say, like, it wasn't... Usually I get annoyed, you know, when people are like, oh, no one gets annoyed. I'm like, your child is not your boyfriend. But hers wasn't in, in an annoying way. You could tell, like, it's just she wants the best for her kid, not like she wants to have him all to herself, you know? Yes. And I also... Like, the way I described his parents, their reactions seemed negative, but I don't... It wasn't negative. <laughs> I think it was more shocked than anything else and very cautious. But yeah. they just seemed like such lovely people. <laughs> yeah, it was basically just like a, boy, you crazy, but I want you whatever you want to do, okay? <laughs> I um I doubt we'll see his parents very much in the show because that's how it goes, but I'll, I think I'll be happy every time they're on my screen. Not, I don't know why I'm saying these things. I'm just setting myself up for disappointment. <laughs> so Zach has been matched with Michaela. Um, and she is a very bubbly, expressive person. Um, and she's excited to surprise her family. She sits down with her three sisters, Sharifa, Amina, and Ijalal. I loved all the names. And then there was some guy there whose name I did not catch. I thought he was married to one of the sisters, but I wasn't sure. He was because I had to put a note. I was like, I'm wondering about this random white man, white man, just pouring himself wine, not saying anything. <laughs> but later, later they, he got like a title card. He was the brother-in-law to the oldest sister. I awesome. I mean, the husband. <laughs> so she sits them down and they start the chat. Her sister says, you need someone who's understanding because you can be very stubborn. She says that's not her fault, which I don't understand how it's not your fault that you're stubborn, but okay. <laughs> so that we have like a brief chat and then we go to like, you know, her wandering around parks and stuff. Um, <laughs> she's, I'm telling you, the packages are actually very nicely produced, they but work. they do have a theme to them. Yes, everyone's fit. <laughs> we find out that she's a realtor. You know, I can't remember what Zach did for a living. He plays piano, I don't know. Um, he seemed to have a job. I mean, <laughs> um, she says she's going to hand it over to someone else to find her person. And that when she was younger, she was shallow and she put weight on stupid things. And that's why she has not found her person yet. She, her bedroom decor is beautiful. Um, she, in her interview, she's like, we all grow old, ugly, and sometimes broke. And I was like, let us, let us not put that out there. Okay. Old, ugly, yes. Broke, no. <laughs> Once again, we have, you know, a sad story. She says that she had a hard childhood and she experienced um, homelessness at one point. I was trying to think, the new word for homelessness is unhoused. So we should try that. Um, and then she says she meets guys and they're like, oh, you're so refined despite being from the hood. And she's like, well, people from the hood can be refined too. You good girl. <laughs> And then if that wasn't sad enough, then we talk about her dad, who she was very close to, who was killed by a drunk driver. She said he was an amazing example of love. And like one time the hood flew off of her car and he dropped what he was doing and he came and helped her. And that's the type of love that she wants. Michaela tells us that she loves loves. She's seen it. So she wants to experience it. And if she can get that, that's what she wants. Then we go back to the sisters and they said, you know, if this happens, there are things you need to do to adjust. And then she drops it on them. She's like, that is something I will need to work on because in two weeks I'm getting married. 
And one sister said, I knew it. And I was like, that's the sister who's watched the show. <laughs> she said, I have been called over here with a TV camera. And my sister's going through the process. She has seen it a time or two. <laughs> Her sister's husband says, oh, shit. <laughs> and, and this is, happens more than once where people start asking questions like, so what did they do? What's their name? Da -da -da -da. I'm like, do you people not understand? This is called married at first sight. You don't know nothing about them. Ugh. I will say from this, I took that Zach and Michaela would probably be a pretty good match. Oh, I did not get that. Pastor Cal says that Zach needs joy. And I don't know what Zach was supposed to do for Michaela. But what did? why do you think they'll be a, a questionable match? Exactly what Pastor Cal said. Zach needs joy. I don't know what's going on with him, but I think I kind of not understand why his dad was laughing. He's just more obsessed with being a husband, but I don't think Zach is, what's the word? Fully realized is the best way I can say it. There's a lot of like a insecurity there, a sadness. I don't know where it's from, but that was just what I got. He reminded me a lot of Henry. See, he reminded me of Miles in this whole, like, I want to be yes. married before I'm 25. As yes. I, I <laughs> maybe it's because I never met one of these guys in order to marry them. But I'm like, why are there these men who are just like, I want to get married and I want to have kids. And and this is goes for men or women, but I do find it very bizarre. <laughs> but yeah, I agree, though, with the Miles thing. He, he got, he got, um... But I think Zach is what Karen thought Miles was. <laughs> because, you know, when his mom was getting emotional, he got emotional too, to the point where he was also crying. Yes. So he's a man, and that's what a Renaissance man is. He's a man in touch with his feelings. He's not ashamed of his feelings. And there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know... His title is actually the romantic idealist. And like we mentioned earlier, he's the one, he's the only guy, he's the youngest. He's 27. And Michaela's title was the stubborn sweetheart, and she's 30, so she's older. One day we're going to have to do a whole episode on why Married at First Sight only does this to Black people. It's always these younger guys with these older women. That is true. Jeff and Shawnice, Miles and Karen. I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple. Picked up on something. I thought it was so cool how much Michaela looked like her sisters. She and her sisters look so much alike. It's cute. Nice gene pool. Nice gene pool. But um, I do want to say, like, Michaela's reaction, you know, the interview after she's told her family and friends, it truly was the embodiment of how I felt about the show, one of my favorite parts. And like I said at the top when we started, it's the hope and the optimism. She's just like, I'm just going to give it my all. And I'm just going to do my best. And this could be the best thing I've ever done. And it was just infectious. Actually, Michaela is just infectious in general. She has, yeah, she the joy, you know? Yeah. She's got the joy, 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 joy. Um. Down her heart. <laughs> <laughs> so next we have Bao and Johnny. So we'll get into them. But I mean, the only, maybe it's because, you know, we had a lot of them in this episode. I just would describe both of them as a lot. <laughs> um, um, Johnny? Val and Johnny, both of them are a lot. That's, um, but uh, they're, um, I can't remember which expert, but said that they are both ambitious, sharp-witted intellectuals with a devotion to family. And I think that is very accurate. 
So we will start with Johnny telling his friends. We don't waste a lot of time. Johnny's like, um, I think they're at St. Arnold's because I was looking at their their um, cups. And St. Arnold's is like a local Houston brewery that I have not been to. But, you know, everybody on Instagram is there. <laughs> <laughs> he does not beat around the bush. He's like, he tells Long, Lucy, and Kim, I'm getting married. <laughs> <laughs> and his friends, he says his friends and his family say that he's too picky. This seems to be a very common theme. <laughs> he's been single for seven years. Johnny is weird because he says things that should make him look bad, but he's so open about it that you're like, ah, Johnny. <laughs> so he's, he tells us that he wants women to be way more into him than he is into them. And he likes women to make the first move, to say I love you first. And he's like, that sounds bad, right? <laughs> Defense mechanism, baby. <laughs> and then he says, there is a fear of vulnerability Control has been a big, big story for my relationships. So you're like, yeah, that sounds bad. But you think, I I mean, it's a defense mechanism, but it's also a, a self-awareness. So it could be yeah, good. Or- absolutely. So then we roll into he really likes his family. It's the foundation of who he is because his parents got divorced. His dad moved to California and he says he has a love-hate relationship with his dad. Um, his mom was a single mom with two kids, but he had lots of aunts and uncles and cousins around. And they spend a lot of time together and he wants to bring his wife into his friends and family. He shows us his apartment and it has two sinks. And he says when he's like standing there brushing his teeth with his two sinks, he looks over and he sees the second sink. And he thinks about all the time how great it would be to have someone there to like make jokes with and make faces at while they're both brushing their teeth. So he is relinquishing control to the experts to find him a match He wants to watch shows on TV together and like spend time with the person. And that's what he's looking for. His friend Kim says that she's excited for him, but he needs to learn to calm down and he's going to need to learn to share his life with someone else. And calm down is the wrong word. She said, let go. We also got a peek of Johnny's closet. I mean, it's Marie Kondo'd home edited, you know, (laughs) it's, it's, it's very organized. And I think that's supposed to show us that he's a control freak. Well, yeah, true. But I was just, I wondered for a very brief second, do you think people like get people to come organize because they know a camera is coming? Or do you think that's just how they are? Um, Probably both. Mm-hmm. I dream of having someone come organize every closet. Oh, it would be wonderful. Oh, but it's expensive. Um. <laughs> So his friend asks, like, what if she's more than of a control freak than you are? And he says he can adjust. Did you believe Johnny when he said that? Yes. <laughs> I did it. I like Johnny a lot. I'm trying to keep quiet, but I like Johnny. Like, when you said there were a lot, I was like, what? But yeah. I, I, I want to agree. I love Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I like Johnny quite a bit. He's a very likable person. Very likable person. Um... <laughs> I think he's going to be the star of the season. (laughs) So we talk about how his parents and how his mom is coming to the wedding, but his dad is a little more closed-minded. And he says his dad has a certain picture of marriage and courtship. And if I were to tell him I was marrying someone without seeing them, then he would call me night and day until I backed out. So I just haven't told him. Again, points for you. I'm a very big proponent of protecting your peace. And if that's what you have to do so you don't back out, again, self-awareness. Good for Johnny. (laughs) Good for Johnny. Side note, 
Are you going to be watching the Harry and Meghan movie on Lifetime? I will be a no. <laughs> I will be. I saw that preview. <laughs> and I was like, I never watch Lifetime movies. But the last Lifetime movie I watched was the Harry and Meghan one. So might as well watch a sequel. <laughs> it's, it's funny how they tried to turn their $5 budget into a palace. But they do their best. So you no one can milk a situation more than a Lifetime. See, you hate it. And that's what they did to me. I watched the first one and I'm like, really? We're going to turn this into a series? Okay. <sighs> I can't wait. Um, <laughs> so, so next we're introduced to Bao and she's telling her brothers. Um, they are at the Rustic. I have only three degrees of separation from the ownership of the Rustic. Nice. Do you get to um, eat there for free? I've never been there. Oh. <laughs> I've just driven by it. It's huge. It's a ginormous restaurant that you can actually just drive by and see it on the freeway. It's so big, but they opened during the pandemic and I just didn't make it there. And it's not like, I mean, by the time you're at three degrees of separation, I'm not expecting a discount. <laughs> but also that's pretty brave. Opening a restaurant during the pandemic, because opening a restaurant when there's not a pandemic is pretty risky. Yeah. He's pretty rich. Um, he, oh. he owns, There's a rustic in Dallas. Anyway, <laughs> back to Bao. There's your fun fact for the day. <laughs> Go eat at the Rustic in Houston or in Dallas. So back to Bao. She is with Dao and San, her brothers, who she seems very close to. So, and she once again doesn't doesn't waste time either. So she's just like, I was told yesterday that I'm getting married, and they're like appropriately surprised. She says that her parents are giving her a hard time about being 35 and still single. And they try to convince us that Bao is quirky because when a camera crew is following her around her house, she makes funny faces at them. I'm like, wouldn't we all be doing the same thing? No. She, she tells us that she's using Excel spreadsheets for everything. Bread, other things that don't really go with Excel spreadsheets. She said she used an Excel spreadsheet to determine the value of a relationship. I was like, what did you get out of that? <laughs> back up a little to your point how do you use an excel sheet to make bread i'm assuming you write down like temperatures and like if you're weighing ingredients if you add five grams of flour versus taking away five grams of flour how's the rise if you proof it in a certain how's the rise if you bake it in a certain how's it bake i mean i could see that it's like a science experiment uh she says i know myself and i know my worth here we are. I'm not trying to be trite about this, but here we have another rough childhood. I didn't, I, I don't want to make light of it, but I don't know what else to do with it when every single person has a story. Like, as I was watching it, I was very much feeling it. But now that I have to talk about it, I'm like, God, another one? Um, <laughs> it was just so obvious that it was intentional. It was like an obvious producer choice. And I actually think it was a good choice because... Yeah. This is one of the few times where in the first episode, I feel like we actually got to know people. Through like, their trauma. Through their trauma, but I feel like every other time it's so surface. Yeah. And you're like, why did you match these people? This time, they got deep. This is very true because season 11, Woody was prancing around in his glitter suit, just telling us how he loved to dance. So, yeah, it's a stark difference. And Amelia was like on a bicycle, a one-seat <laughs> one tricycle. So it's a, it's a huge difference. I want to see where this goes, but I think this is an excellent producer choice yeah. um, so far. 
So we talk about Bao's rough childhood. She didn't know English when she went to school. I wish they had gone into that more. I was like, oh, were you born overseas? Or did you just grow up in a house where you didn't speak English? And so when you went to school, anyway, I'm curious about these things. Um, she said they lived in a trailer and she took the bus and she would walk by her house so people wouldn't know it was her house. And then she goes into why she wants a partner. And she says when something good happens or something bad happens, she also admits to being lonely and wanting someone to share those good and happy, sad moments with. She talks about being willing to put her all into it. And she's going to take this on. And the reward will be, might be that she will find the love of her life. Her brother is, we flash back to him in an interview. He says something so interesting. He's like, He's very happy for her, and he says as the only daughter in a conservative family, he's proud of her for taking a risk. I wish we could see more families saying that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because it is a risk. I mean, I just don't want to hear over and over again, oh, I can't believe you're doing this. Thank you very (laughs) much. And he's basically just calling his sister brave, and it's just nice. It's a nice sentiment. I mean, some people told their friends and family, they were getting married and all they did was tick all the bad things about them. Talking about Merla here. So (laughs) hearing your brother say this, this is, you know, a nice refreshing change. So we, um, we'll see in plenty of times, but Van is Bao's roommate and (laughs) he says he should be flexible. And that's when we're like, oh Lord, because these don't seem like too flexible people. (laughs) They seem like two pretty rigid people. And he said, you can be in very intense and very difficult at times. Whatever her brother didn't have to say, Van is here to say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can be hard-headed. And you need someone more flexible than you. And I was like, oh, God, you in danger, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's another producer choice. I mean, I know I just got hard on Merla's friends. But I think, if you noticed, everyone just started listing what the negatives about them were. And that's like, I get it. Everybody has negatives to them, but it's just some balance. Let's, let's have some balance. <laughs> so I really want Bao and John at this point, I want Bao and Johnny to really, really work because they both seem in their own ways, like really cool people, but they're both control freaks. And whichever expert was talking about this, she, they said she can be an asset. And she can be stability because he's fun and outgoing and Mr. Life of the Party. And he needs someone to make him accountable. What do you think, Tay? Um, yes, I think it's true. I should say that at this point, I was just not a fan of Bao. I, it just took me a while, so I just focused myself on Johnny. But they're right. You know, they could balance each other out. But yeah, to add, Johnny's title was Life of the Picky Party, and he's 35. And Bao was Miss High Bar, and she's 35 also. I was vaguely paying attention to some of these titles, and maybe it's because we don't have any silliness like blessed. <laughs> but I actually um, didn't think they were that bad this season. I think they're pretty good. Yeah. I just think they were par for course, to be honest with you. That's blessed. <laughs> so now we move to Brett and Ryan. Ryan is 35, and his title is Reformed Serial Dater. Not quite sure how he's reformed if he was still dating up until this experiment. And Brett is 33 and her title is Hopelessly Devoted. Dr. Viviana tells us that she feels like Brett will like Ryan's bubbly personality. 
which is ironic because I don't know that I thought Ryan was bubbly. <laughs> I, I'm going to be very, I, I felt bad even as I like saw it. Ryan seems to be, um, Checked out. I don't want to say half dead. But... Yes. <laughs> one leg in, one leg out. Who's going to free me from this misery? Why am I still here on earth? Like, it's, <laughs> even like I noticed on his face, he had like a bruise under one eye. I was like, "What is wrong with you? Like, are you with us here on Earth?" Was it a bruise? I thought they were just bags. They were like weird bags under the, his eye. There were bags, and there was a bruise. I was like, "What?" Yeah, and and that she will be drawn to his sense of adventure. <laughs> I'm like, Dr. Viviana, did they give you the wrong couple? Did you mean Jill? I mean, Gil? So, (laughs) but my first impression, I'm like, why does this man look so stern? Like, I just want to sit up straight. So, (laughs) then I felt bad in the next second because he tells us that he just lost his best friend a year ago and it makes him see life very different. He tells us that he's dated so many people in Houston. And not just Houston, even the surrounding cities around it, the cities that you haven't even heard about. But through the casual dating, he was still looking for the right one and he would not settle. He tells us that he grew up in the country, he likes the outdoors, and he considers himself romantic. He bakes pies and cries watching the notebook. I think I'm the only one who didn't cry for the notebook, but yeah, it makes people cry. So he has a dog as well. And we get our first glimpse of the official Married at First Sight meal, salmon and asparagus. (laughs) I saw that salmon and I was like, oh, it's Married at First Sight and the salmon. (laughs) I was like, wow, first episode. Okay. So he's cooking for his sister and his parents. And he says he's more nervous to tell his sister than his parents because she is opinionated and sometimes they just go with her opinions. So he tells them and his parents are shocked and his sister tells us like, well, he has dated a lot and he falls in love really easily. So I'm sure I can do it in eight weeks. And then his mom says, oh God, why can't my kids be normal? <laughs> Dad's like, yeah, you're not normal. <laughs> like, I don't even know if this is good or funny or what this is. It was a little awkward for me. So, Brett is meeting her friends to tell them. Um, she seems very boisterous. Um, she has red hair, which I love the shade. I mean, obviously, it's from a box, but I really like um, the color of her hair. And she has blue eyes. She does look older than 33. And I was going to ask you, I, she looks like she's had work done, but I can't tell. Um, I didn't think, I mean, I can never tell if people have had work done. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with you, her shade of red is really great. She has that weird look of looking older and younger than you are. <laughs> I'm not yeah. trying. She's she's cute. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, this is the most attractive cast. And then we got to these two, and I was like, I mean, you're all right, but this is the most attractive cast. Until we got to these two. Okay. I just think Zach is cute. That's it so far. <laughs> but um. It could be also because I'm watching Love Island and everyone's had work done. So that, in my eyes, everyone on TV's had work done. But she has a dog also. And she tells us that the last time she was intimate with someone was two years ago. And this includes kissing. 
she tells us that her parents are together and they like to do the same things and it's what she wants. She just needs help finding it. We see Salmon again as she's cooking for herself. And she said she's been told that men find her intimidating and people think Scorpios are a little crazy, but it depends on what you call crazy. And then she adds, I am definitely crazy. And I don't know if this is a foreshadowing, but I think it is. It's just so strange because nothing about her read crazy, except for her saying she's crazy. I mean, her friends were, there was that one friend who was a little bit weird, but I just, I was like, I'm not getting crazy vibes from you. You seem like a pretty normal person. She has a glint in her eye that screams crazy. (laughs) We will find out together. We will find out together. I don't want to say she gives me Beth vibes, but she gives me Beth vibes. She doesn't give me Beth vibes. Uh, She does. But her friends say Brett is a dreamer. And this is actually positive things, actually. Like, she's a dreamer, and the positive side of... And she always sees the positive sides of things, and she's patient. She's worried um, that he's not choosing her because, you know, she's trusting the experts. And there's a huge potential that she could get her heart broken. But Dr. Viviana is convinced that they will have instant chemistry. I'm still not convinced that she's looking at Ryan. I have no idea why those two are matched. I was like, what do they have in common? I think also is that he really does not, uh, doesn't give us much uh, in this. So, but I just, I didn't understand anything about the two of them. Yeah. Maybe they're this season's, you know, shot in the dark. (laughs) Okay. So we move on to Rachel and Jose. Jose is Mr. Perfectionist and Rachel is the Blossoming Bride. Pascal thinks they are meant to be together because they want it badly. This is terrible. This is a terrible (laughs) reason. (laughs) Everybody who signs up wants it badly, you ding dong. (laughs) Like, they couldn't find any other reason. That is bad. (laughs) That is very bad. No softening. Rachel just dives straight into it and she tells her friend and her mom. We get the obligatory workout and run shot and... You know, while she's running, she tells us that, well, she didn't tell us this. I'm saying like that. We get the obligatory workout and run shot. And as she's running and everyone was getting weight in a Ponderosa, but Rachel tells us that she lost 35 pounds in the last nine months. I got to give her props for that. That's not easy during a pandemic. It is very hard to lose weight during a pandemic. But I guess some people went the opposite route. They were like, I have time. I'm going to cook food. I'm going to go to the gym. But I'm like, but yeah, there was just time to sit in front of the TV and eat. How'd you avoid that? I guess they went to the gym. Um- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, later on in the episode, she does say she gained a lot of weight during the pandemic, but then she gained and lost during the pandemic, which I think is even more impressive. <laughs> Good for her. Good for her. So she tells us that she feels alone because she's always the single one among her group of friends. And we get to see her refrigerator, which is the complete opposite of mine because it is close to empty. And the few things that are in there are actually like really healthy stuff. So her relation, she tells us that her relationship ended six months ago. Um, it was a long distance relationship and they decided, decided to quarantine together. And she found out that he was cheating on her. I think that's deep. To cheat during the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) 
also, I mean, now that we've learned our lessons, six months ago, see, I was all team Vincent. It's fine. He ended a relationship six months ago. So I guess it's fine for Rachel, too. But what do you think? As soon as she said that, I was like, what do I think? I kind of feel like the relationship ended before it officially ended. Because from what we find out about Rachel, she's one of those people that's just going to endure and, you know, go through with it. So that's my thoughts on that. Rachel has a dark cloud over her. (laughs) Which doesn't make me feel easy because, mm, okay. She's got like a, a, this is gonna say, I'm not trying to compare. She has a Christina-like dark cloud over her. Oh God, (laughs) not that dark. Shades of gray of that. (laughs) But we see her working out with her trainer and I'm not sure why she didn't get in there because he was fine. And she tells us that her past relationships, she has been accommodating, insecure and molded herself into whatever the man wanted her to be. And I'm just like, I hope these past relationships don't include the last relationship which was six months ago because that's still pretty recent. But her friend gives her advice that if something is not working, she needs to speak up because she is too accommodating. I like that advice. Yeah. I'm glad we have a friend going in with like, I don't know, actual advice instead of just you're so terrible. I don't know. (laughs) So we see Jose and he tells his friends and they actually seem happy. His friends and his family, they're out at the restaurant and they actually seem happy. And then we find out that he's an accomplished person. So at first he's like listing out all the things he's accomplished. And he's like, I went to college. I, I graduated college. I got a master's. I'm like, okay. And then he goes on and he's like, he's a flight mission specialist at NASA. He's bought and paid for two houses. He's paid off his truck. He's paid off his student loans. And I'm like, okay, slow clap, applause. The, those are accomplishments. Those are gold. That was so great. I agree. Mm-hmm. But then he says, I haven't met anyone that's on my level. And I'm like, yeah, and you're not going to because the rest of us are not out there working for NASA, buying two homes, and paying off our student loans. Sorry. We saw a contract with Fannie Mae, yo. I mean, Sally Mae. <laughs> <laughs> or Naviant, whatever they want to rebrand to. But <laughs> he thinks that he's single because he's a perfectionist. He has high standards. He is very routine and structured and picky. Like Aid said, picky is the drinking game word. Then he says, these women nowadays, and I'm quoting guys, may or may not want to partake in half the work and want things on a silver platter. Please Aid translate. Whenever people start talking about the dating pool as the reason why they haven't found anybody, my little antenna goes up. What he means by served on a silver platter, I don't get all that. But I'm just saying, when people start saying these women, I'm like, ah, you know what they say. If you meet one asshole a day, they're the asshole. If you meet one asshole every day, you might be the one. <laughs> don't start a sentence with these women. I, 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 don't do that. I just thought it was a long way to say that he didn't want to stay at home wife or he didn't want to go there or he didn't want to kept woman. I don't know. It was just such a weird statement. I don't know. Like, if the person is your wife, what? I don't know. Just strange. It is, and I actually.
actually, I think it's a perfectly valid choice to not envision the stay-at-home wife life for yourself. Just make sure you envision doing plenty of housework yourself in that vision. <laughs> so he's willing to seek help because he doesn't know where to find a wife. And the worst case scenario about this is divorce. In one of the strangest uh, choices of the show, Hosea <laughs> is being filmed in front of a church. Walking through a Bible, they made this man wear a cross. Just to show that he has faith. What are we doing here? We need to be on the nose. They didn't say it. Why not just say, I'm a man of faith? But they didn't. They just showed us this, like, honestly, that that whole segment would have fit right in with a Christian rock music video. (laughs) Yes. It was just odd. And I think they even slowed it down. So it seemed like slow-mo. And it was like, now turn. Now walk. Now flip the page. (laughs) It was just odd. (laughs) So we're back to his family at the restaurant. And Jose says how he just wants to know that she's somewhat educated. Classy, sporty. <laughs> and man does what it does best because Jose suddenly also says that he hopes he gets someone who can communicate. Knowing fully well that we just saw Rachel's mom tell us that she holds things in. I I don't have a good feeling. <laughs> I don't have a good feeling about this. And then his stepmom tells him, well, I mean, how is she going to communicate? You talk to them much. And how can she get a word in? These friends and family, man, they always come for you. They will rat you out and be your family. So as if he didn't have enough requirements, he also adds that he hopes she's not a Cowboys fan. Pastor Cal tells us how they'll be a great match because Rachel has worked hard to be the strong, confident woman that she she is. So of course, Mavs had to match her with a guy that's probably going to tear it all down. I don't think she's a confident woman. I was very confused as to why Pastor Cal said that. That is not what I read off her. Hey, we know that Pastor Cal says shit. He just says it nicely sometimes, but it's still shit. And then in the most, one of the most troubling things I heard in the episode, Pastor Cal continues and says, They may not be on the same page when it comes to chores and spending. This is one of the things in married life, finances and domestic life. (laughs) And then it says, but they'll balance each other out. What the fuck? This is not good. (laughs) This is not good. Oh, man. What did you think? Um, This is one couple that I'm like, this is not going to (laughs) work. And I usually, I feel like I'm not one to usually say that in the first episode, but uh, yeah. I just think this is not, Jose loves Jose too much. From what I see, Jose is short, so he seems like he comes with a very strong Napoleon complex. So, oh God, please be with Rachel. Please be with her. I just don't want, she works so hard on herself because it's very easy to slip back into old habits, especially when you want this so bad. So, okay. All right. So then we have two separate meetups. The girls meet up first, and Bao tells them that this whole experiment is very unlike her, and she's risk adverse. 
Merlin says she doesn't have a lot of friends. Again, she didn't get a good edit. She just seemed like they edited her to seem like she's cold. And then Rachel tells them her story, how she lost weight and how she found her confidence and how she rebuilt herself. And the risk is, what if it breaks her? Again, I kept reading everything as a foreshadowing. I really hope I'm wrong, but I, that's just how I kept reading it. Because if they're emphasizing this multiple times, I think they're telling us a secret code. <laughs> so, Brett echoes her sentiments that it's her fear too. What if she lays it all on the line and he says he doesn't want it? Brett asks them if they have any deal breakers. Rachel says someone that's aggressive or controlling. And then Michaela says she doesn't want that someone who says they don't want kids and someone who smokes. Merler once again says, tells us that she's not changing her life, lifestyle and she's not gonna stop shopping. Bao says she doesn't want someone over the top, obnoxious, someone that's the class clown of someone that's all me, 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 because, and I quote, that will bring out an ugly side of me that I don't want to come out. That was so excessive. <laughs> you bitch <laughs> <laughs> Michaela asked them if anyone is going to kiss at the altar Merla is like nope she's taking it slow Brett is like she's going in and Bao tells us that Merla is more rigid and reserved and guarded and Merla asked them all the last time that they had sex um Brett tells them that the last time they had sex uh, last time she had sex was two years ago and they all gasped <laughs> But she adds, like, you know, her reasoning is, like, if she's not in a relationship, she's not going to have sex, which is fair enough. And Michaela tells them that hers is more recent, but, you know, she told him that she's getting married and she's done with that. And that was pretty much the, the summary of their meetup. No big revelations, really, but glad they got to meet each other. Yeah. So the guys meet up. And Johnny starts by asking all of them, what series of unfortunate events led you here? <laughs> I was just like, this is why you are our favorite, Johnny, because you're funny. Um, they figure out the ages and they figure out that Zach is the baby and he's 27. And they commiserate because they're like, oh, I thought I was going to be the old man. But none of them are the old men. They're all 35. So they sit down and talk and... Gil says that he wanted, when he was talking to experts, he told them that he wanted a person with less than a thousand followers on Instagram. No Instagram models. And when I first heard it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Because when you're going on the show, you don't want someone who came on to be an influencer. But mm -hmm. then it goes on and Zach agrees with him. And he says, <laughs> he says they're just too into themselves. And I'm like, I think Gil is too into himself. So what's he talking about? But you know, we've been through this before with Taylor. Yes. Mm -hmm. If they had said that the reason is that they don't want someone who's coming on the show to be an influencer, I would have been like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But when they went into, well, IG models are just so into themselves, I'm like, that's kind of a broad brush to paint people with. I know, but it's actually a thing in the real world. Like, I've actually heard people say that. I know, but I guess I'm also like, saying you don't want to date an IG model... <laughs> Means you think you're cute enough to date an IG model. <laughs> Have you met men and their confidence? <laughs> Why do you think that you score high enough to rate an IG model? Tell me that. Self-confidence <laughs> and the audacity. 
the audacity. Um, <laughs> Johnny once again tells us he wants someone who's kind of clingy. <laughs> um, Gil is talking to us and he says there are levels to clingy and Jill want, Gil wants like a two and Johnny wants like a four or five. He says a little more red sauce than green sauce. And I was like, which one's spicier? I'm not sure. The red one's spicier? Thank you. (laughs) But I'm telling you, this is going to be a struggle for me all season. I just go back and forth. My brain can't just say Gil. It wants to say Jill. It wants to say Gil. And it just comes out of me. I know. Gil and Merla are going to be a struggle. (laughs) (laughs) But we will get it. Jose says that he wants someone who works out but a little bit thick. I was like, well, that's a check in the favor because I think that describes Rachel. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Ryan wants to have a good human. And I'm like, that's a point in your favor. You're you're going up there. She just wants someone alive. <laughs> so, you know, Johnny's being interviewed and he says, Ryan has a jaded look to him. <laughs> Johnny says the look of a of a beat up man, a wary traveler, ready to find his inn for the night. <laughs> Not the inn. He didn't say a hotel, a hotel, or Airbnb. He said the inn. <laughs> like, is he Joseph and Mary from the Bible? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. They're back in the group, and uh, Zach says that his longest relationship was nine months, and then like. Two, three months um, duration after that. And Gil says, that's a fling. <laughs> Listen, I'm laughing so hard. These guys are funny. <laughs> they, the, as, a, as a group, and probably as individuals, the guys just have way more personality than the girls. Um, we'll see yeah. how that plays out. But That's true. It's such a stark difference. You know, all last season we kept saying, like, there's something weird about the guys' vibe. These ones seem to get along already. <laughs> they do. They do. So they have a good conversation where Zach says he's never been in love and the other guys who have been in love describe it for him or like, I guess what he should be looking for. So Ryan says when you care more about their happiness than your own and you want to do things for them to make them happy. And Gil says that when he could be 100% vulnerable, that was love. Johnny says respect is the cornerstone of love. He says once he respects a person, that's when he knows he has the capacity to love this person. And Gil is very affectionate, so why not? I don't know why I wrote that down, actually. <laughs> well, it is important, because they've edited Merla to seem like she's cold and probably be like, why are you touching me? Give me my space. So. Okay. In some sort of weird sequence of events, we see two of the couples go wedding dress shopping. So we start with Zach and Michaela. Is Al's formal wear a national brand, or is that a Houston thing? I'm trying to think. Well, probably a Texas thing because I do think it was in Dallas. Yeah. Dallas. I meant to look it up and then I was like, yeah, I was former where I think that's a local thing. You just see them everywhere in the Houston area. So Zach goes there. Zach says that he has never been to a wedding. I'm like, wow, how do you make it to 27 without going to a wedding? Which that made me more concerned because I was like, I mean, someone's got to be the first in the friend group. That's just the facts of it. But I was like, you're not close to any married couples to sort of observe, even from like a friendship level, what marriage is like. But that makes it all the more creepy. Where, why are you so obsessed with being a husband 
and married when you've never been in love, you've never been in a long-term relationship, you've never even, it seems trivial, but you've never even been to a wedding. So what is it that you're enamored about? I mean, he does have parents who seem to be happily married. Maybe that's something. That's it? That's it. He, he does mention his brother is about to get married, but, but he hasn't yet, so he hasn't made it to that wedding. <laughs> so well, he says he, it is before his brother's. <laughs> he says it's kind of cool to go through this experience. Here's another groom talking. I feel like this, maybe I just haven't been paying attention, but every single time I'm married at first sight, it's all about, I just worry I won't be attracted to them. There seems to be an equal amount of like, yeah, and I'm concerned they won't be attracted to me either this episode. And so Zach talks about that. And he says, what if I'm not the height or the body build or the skin color? It's the honest truth. She may not be attracted. <sighs> yes, this is true. But Zach's made me worry a little bit because he said something to the effect of, in general, I usually think I'm not good enough. So what if I'm not good enough for her? And I'm like, oh boy, Zach is insecure. And I hope he doesn't project you know, yeah. like a wobbly personality, so. So Michaela goes and picks out a wedding dress, and she says that this wedding is the biggest milestone in her family since her father passed away. And <laughs> she has a little, little freak out, not a freak out moment, where they, but where they talk to the camera and they're like, what am I doing? <laughs> her mom's name is Davina, and she's there. The guy from the wedding store is very, very involved. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm like, what? Are you? Uh, he's very like helpful and just is. He's a character in the scene, which is is not the norm. He's complimentary. She says she's emotional because her father won't be able to walk her down the aisle, and her and her mom in her interview it says like she's she's very positive and she says you know Michaela's bold and she's committed and she has a good heart. And then we hear because this is not sad enough about her father, you know, be passing away. Then we hear that her grandma Thelma and her dad died within a month of each other. And she believes in her heart that if it was something that she didn't need to experience, they wouldn't let this happen to her. So she's putting kind of like some faith in that that in them and them looking over her. That really stood out to me because you know, unlike last season where Paige was like, it's ordained, it's meant to be, this is how it is. Michaela didn't really say anything like it's gonna work out or whatever. I like that she just said if it wasn't something I needed to experience, like regardless of the outcome, it's just an experience I need to have. That's really awesome. I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah. And also it was sad when she said her grandma died of a broken heart. Losing her dad. That was, yeah. So then we, you know, once again, her sister's talking about, well, what if you're not attracted to him? And then we just have this whole attraction conversation again. Stop <laughs> <laughs> There's just not a lot of new there. Like, same thing every season. I'm like, why do the producers make them talk about this so much? Like, I get it. It's the biggest thing. Because it is, like, it's that immediate moment. It can really blow things out the water. I understand all of that. But it's also, like, you guys, you sign the card. Just go do this. <laughs> I have to say that I loved all her dresses. Yeah, yeah, she looked, I can't, I mean, I really quite, I thought she looked really nice in the dress that she picked. Yes. So then Bao and Johnny go wedding dress shopping. So Bao goes dress shopping with people. She says she wants a white powder suit and her roommate Van says she's not running for Congress. She's buying a wedding gown. I thought, 
oh, maybe you've seen Sex in the City. That's like she got married in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> um, she starts talking about the dresses, about making a statement and announcing it to the world, and it's very similar to getting married. And honestly, the extended metaphor was too much for me. <laughs> She says she wants comfort and they joke about no yoga pants or fanny packs. And she sings, here comes the bride. And the, she wears a dress that has pockets and she loves the pockets. I feel her on the pockets. And she talks about how she could put food into the pockets. <laughs> While she's in her room, her mom <laughs> is talking to her friend. And she says she's shocked that Bao did this. She's like, she's pretty. Why does she need to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Um, her mom in an interview says that she's hopeful and nervous, but concerned about the husband, rightfully so, and she wishes and prays for her and hope that she's happy. The second the, the second dress had a great moment because it was sheer, like, on top. And she's like, this dress would be great if it had pockets. And then she stuck her hands in and there were the pockets. <laughs> but the pockets are see-through. So she's like, so you'll find my egg rolls. You'll see my egg rolls in my pockets. I, it was funny. This I think Bao's funny. Jeez. Um, she says that she's surprised by the dress. She didn't expect it. Um, how beautiful she'd feel. She's not a camera-ready person who usually cares about dresses normally. But she does say that anything I set my mind to, I put my all into it. And so she's going to do that with his, with this. And she hopes that he's handsome. So Johnny has... <laughs> I can't believe how sad this show was. So Johnny calls his dad to tell him he's getting married. <laughs> his dad did not sign the consent waiver to have his voice on this TV show. So we heard him call and there were subtitles because he was speaking Vietnamese, I assume. Um, and he tells his dad he's getting married. I will say that he tells his dad he's getting married on January 31st. Yeah. And yeah. Now, the reason why this date is significant is because I'm curious mm -hmm. to see what's going to happen two weeks later. Two weeks after January 31st is when the deep freeze comes to Houston and the power goes out and there's no water. And I, maybe they'll be on the honeymoon during that. That's the only thing, but they might be back by then. So I'm very curious to see how this plays out. Do you know where they went on their honeymoon? No idea. Do you? No, no idea. I think it's cool. That Johnny's bilingual. <laughs> uh, but yeah, his dad makes it very clear that he does not approve. I felt like there was a lot of drama in this scene, but I'm like, I know you guys are getting married because I saw the People article. But <laughs> Johnny is very sad and disappointed, and he says he's a little angry. He's very emotional. He's crying. Um, he said that his dad was upset and that his dad thinks that what he's doing is like wrong. And it, and he kept on using the word like dangerous. And he said like, don't do it. And Johnny says, there are other people in my life who support me and have my best interests at heart. And it's very emotional and I just don't need this right now. Like I want his approval. It was really sad. Johnny was crying. Well, someone that I just met, he really hurt me. I know. about it when we get to unfiltered which will be on patreon but um it's with these things you're like watching it and it's not about the thing like it's an accumulation of things about the relationship that will lead you to a point like this yeah 
And to your point about the whole thing, let me tell you guys, do you remember that scene when Paige was trying to talk to Chris and we just see a title card about the producers? This is what they did just to tell us that Johnny's dad didn't want to partake in filming. They put the most dramatic music. You would think somebody <laughs> died. Then they put the title card. Then they were like, Jeff's dad is not going to film. He refuses. I'm like, guys, you can just put that in one line with no music and move on with life. <laughs> it was very dramatic. <laughs> so Johnny says despite his dad's disapproval, he's going forward. He has to make peace with it. So he goes with his cousin and his friends to Al's formal wear. Gets a red jacket because red is lucky in Asian culture. His friend says he looks like Hugh Hefner. No lies told. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like a whole picking out gold accents. I guess for the tie, right? The, the bow tie? Yes, the bow tie. I thought it was the best, but they kept putting it against the bow tie, so I'm not sure. And he says, which one screams, I want to bang Johnny? <laughs> Which is like just funny. <laughs> I'm sure I was pretty nervous. So what's the point in getting wound up? Just try to relax and make jokes. Johnny says he can't wait to meet her. He has questions like, is she career oriented or like a dreamer? I hope she wants to be with me. She's committed to this as much as I have. And that we have, he says it's good that we have this baseline of commitment to one another. And he tells his crew that he, um, that he's not afraid. And his friend starts to say, like, we didn't grow up in a... Oh, it's his cousin. His cousin starts to say, we didn't grow up in a family that expresses ourselves emotionally. And then Johnny tells us that he wasn't hugged and his mother never told him that... He told him that she loved him. And he's like, oh my goodness. He's like having an epiphany as he's saying this. <laughs> he's like, I think that's where I get that from. <laughs> I have to add that I think Johnny's cousin was very cute. Yes, yes. Johnny's Cruise, yes. So, yeah. So, they have wedding clothes. The reason why this is strange is because we don't see any of the other couples go wedding dress shopping. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll happen next week, but it seems like they roll right into weddings. I don't know. Very interesting choice. I mean, I'm not mad at it because it's it's typically not the most riveting (laughs) Thing yeah. to watch them go pick out clothes. But it is nice. I mean, especially the dresses. I'm a girl. I like to look at dresses. What can I say? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, before the big day, the guys and the girls get a bachelor and bachelorette party. I'm not sure where it is, but I don't know if you thought the same thing. It seemed like they both went to the same place, but it was on different days. I got that vibe, yeah. But I was like, maybe they just found two country western bars? But yeah, I bet you they they did went to the same place on different days. And it was pretty empty. (laughs) I mean, COVID is still on. But it was pretty empty. But I mean, they were doing like a side-by-side, which is kind of difficult to to recap. But I'm just going to go with the men first. The men are at a bar, but I don't think it's a strip club because the people who are supposed to be strippers were fully clothed. It was very confusing, Abe. But they were fully clothed as in shirt, shorts, hat. So, yeah. When I saw those strippers, I was like, where are those New Orleans strippers? Where are those big booty black strippers that Bennett was, you know, having a good time with? Where are those? I mean, even Atlanta had some of those, so I don't know. This was a this was a choice. 
So Gil is ready to see the guys get loose. And I think he's getting known for just calling for shots or something. So once again, I'm still not sure if they're strippers, but ones are flowing. And Gil decides that he's going to imitate them. He gets on the pole and just does, they give him instructions. And he just does what they tell him to do. You can tell that Gil is lit because when he's talking to the cameras, his eyes are kind of glazed over. And he tells us that, you know, performing on the pole, he'll do it for his wife if she asks him to. And whether she wants to or not, he's still going to do it for his wife. So Johnny is hoping that, you know, he and his wife have sparks off the bat. And Zach asks what they're most nervous about after the wedding. And without even skipping a beat, Johnny was like the intimacy. And Jose, weirdo, says that he's written every question that he's ever thought of and just written it down to ask his wife. How many questions, you ask? 256 questions. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Or On is- the show, it's like, be open and honest, and then you hear stuff like that. You're like, you might want to keep that to yourself. <laughs> You're asking. <laughs> like, just let it be organic. But they start talking about if they're going to cry. Zach admits that, yeah, he's a crier. He's going to cry. And then I think Johnny was like, depends on the vows. And then Gil is like, uh, I ain't crying for shit. So that was that on their bachelor party. But the women, like I mentioned, it looks like the women were in a similar place. The only thing that was different was their quote-unquote strippers were men. And some of the girls dressed in white, but not all of them. Merla is saying that this is not her usual ambiance <laughs> at the same time that Gil is wondering if his wife is calm or the life of the party. Rachel and Michaela are having a great time. And Michaela tells us she's closed off and she's, she's talking about Merla. And in this kind of process, you have to open the fuck up. I'm like, yes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I got the sense that Michaela is our Greek chorus for the girls. <laughs> and that Johnny is our Greek chorus for the guys. What do you think? You got it right. <laughs> Someone's so, got to speak for us in the moment, and that's what they're here for. So, um, Merla's friends pull her aside, ask if she's being okay, and she's being a Debbie Downer. And she's like, yeah, I'm okay. It's just not my vibe. I just want to get married and put all these things behind why are you laughing at actually? <laughs> I'm laughing because we then flash over to Gil who's having himself a good old time. <laughs> oh boy. This is- I'm like, I don't think Gil wants to get married to just sit at home with you. <laughs> so then we see Bao riding the bull and I'm actually surprised, but good for her. And then Merla says, or Michaela, because Michaela was the one who spoke a lot during this, says Bao is a kind to say that she's reserved but secretly, she's not. And once you open her up, she's fun as fuck. I think you could tell Michaela was lit, too. So, Bao said, can you imagine Michaela and Gil together? <laughs> Just too much. That would be a party. So, Bao says she hopes that her husband is at NASA <laughs> reading books. <laughs> cat videos. <laughs> oh, my girl. Okay. And Rachel says she hopes that her husband can twerk. And she can have this much fun with her husband. Michaela and Bao, again, are having fun with the strippers. They're just sitting on the chair, throwing their wands, whooping and hollering it up. And Michaela says that she's curious to know who she's matched with because she doesn't think that she's like any of the other women on the show. 
her friend asked her if she's going to have sex with her husband on the first night. And she's like, hey, if the vibe is right, she's not opposed to sex. And her friend, who's called Janu, I don't know, I like that name, just said, don't get pregnant. And then they cut to commercial. We sit down with Johnny and he's talking to his friend, Kim. And he says he's nervous. And he says that for a guy who plans out every aspect of his life, this is different. And that his level of confidence is not where it should be. He's also, he says he's ashamed that he prefers a stage five clinger. So he's asking Kim, so when do I tell her that I want a stage five clinger? <laughs> why do you have to tell her? <laughs> and Kim is a good friend. She tells him to think about why he likes that. Why do you feel that need? Why do you want all that attention all the time? And he just says every relationship, he makes sure that the girl is really into him before committing. He wants hyper-affectionate. And I'm like, but hyper-affectionate is not the same as clinging. I don't know. Maybe it's interchangeable? I don't know. If, if, if you have a clinger, or quote-unquote, and someone's receiving it, the only difference is how you act to physical touch. If you're receiving it, it doesn't. it's not being clingy at that point. It's just giving you what you want. That's true. But I, don't, I guess, like, he says clinger, and I hear, like... Affectionate. I don't hear affectionate. I hear like, oh, she calls me 50 times a day to check on me. Like, almost like controlling. (laughs) Oh, I just thought of physical touch. And I'm like, oh, so you want physical affection. That's different from, to me, being clingy. Who knows what Johnny meant? Maybe he did mean that. Like, someone who's checking on, basically Eric. Let's put it that way. Check on me. I want you to want me. I want you to be my best friend. I want you to be the first person you come to for everything. That's fair, right? Yeah, but he makes it sound like such a negative thing. And I'm like, everything that Eric wanted, in my opinion, wasn't negative. It wasn't, but he also grew up with a mom who never told him they loved him. So he starved. Oh, poor Johnny. So we move on to Bao. She's talking to her roommate, Van. And I believe she says that she hopes he doesn't have a micro penis. Actually, she says she knows he doesn't have a micro penis because she puts that on her list. Why You know what, guys? I'll just be real honest. In the notes, she says something about a micro penis. I have forgotten the context. (laughs) Her roommate knows her really well. um, And she repeats the same thing that Johnny says. It's it's unnerving because she doesn't have much control over it. And Van asks about a mismatch in libido. Like, what if he has a really high libido? And she said he's got a hand. (laughs) That was solution-oriented. Then she says something really interesting. She trusts the experts, but she's worried about him having a different background. Her family came from adversity. Unless he has a real immigrant background, I don't think he can imagine what it's like. And she described a term, I've never heard this term. She's like, refugee poor. She's like, most of the people I dated didn't understand it. And she talks about growing up in this 50-plus-year-old dilapidated trailer. And it's going to take her time to be open about her upbringing. And she doesn't want him to look down on her family because of their background. Mm. That was so fascinating. Yeah, I think I can understand it. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. But then it made me wonder if she wrote down that he had to be of a certain nationality or if she said she was open, which is why she was worried. I would hope with everything she said... <laughs> And how it turned out, I'm like, surely you wrote down that you wanted someone who was Vietnamese. Exactly. But it's just, 
I was just wondering why she was worried about you have to be an immigrant background or else you wouldn't understand. So I was like, if you definitely put that in, so you had to have known that that's what you were getting. So why are you worried about it? And I also, she's very specific. She She's very specific about not just immigrant, but like something we all should understand is that immigrants come in all kinds of ways. Yeah. And refugee poor is something I've never thought about until she said it. But when you do come to this country as a refugee, it's very, you come, that's the come with nothing crowd, you know, like there's different ways to immigrate. So I wouldn't necessarily say like, oh, if you came here one way, you could still understand what she's trying to say when she says like grew up with adversity. Yeah. So she talks about how she has a small family and yeah. So then we get to their wedding. (laughs) They arrive at the hotel. They go up to their rooms with their crew he and his friends seemed to really love that hotel room. <laughs> the Intercontinental was getting their money's worth out of this advertising. Uh, there was no ring sponsor this year, um, but definitely Intercontinental was a sponsor. Yeah. Uh, Johnny also gets a professional dresser. I don't recall seeing that on the show before. Someone to help him put his clothes on. That was true. It was a black guy. Yeah. I wonder if Al was like, you know, we want to make sure if you're going to be on our show, you wear our clothes right. And Johnny looks good. Yeah, he does. Johnny gets Bao's gift that she sent over. It's it start. It's a sympathy card. <laughs> so the front says, <laughs> with sympathy. And she sent a survival kit with a gift card to food and what's it? Total wine, yeah. um, mints and a ring pop, and he loves it. And fun socks. Which she made the wise choice wise choice to wear on the spot. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go to Bao. She's, you know, getting ready and stuff. She says, I'll see him soon. Please let him be nerdy. <laughs> Bao's friend is scared for her. <laughs> Bao admits that she stayed up all night and probably estimated eating a thousand calories in one sitting and says that like it's a problem. Oh, <laughs> she's like, she says all these questions, not enough answers. Is it going to be good for my family? Is it going to be the right match? Her, her friend, I'm like, what kind of friend is this? Says, take the stick out of your ass. Don't be such a control freak. I thought that was great. I was like, who raised with friends like these? I know, but I was like, why are you so mean? She's having a moment. But yeah, right. Someone needs to snap her out of it. Her mom once again reiterates that she's shocked that this is happening. <laughs> And then her mom says, well, you couldn't choose. No one was up to your standards. So I guess we had to do this. Her mom seems resigned. Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Her mom says to take it slow. Uh, We're hearing Bao just, you know, rattle on about. She's worried about her personality. will clash with her her future spouse. She's a straight shooter. It just, you know, (laughs) it gets very repetitive. We get it. You're worried. Just go get married already. it is, you know, she's whining, but again, they're, she's doing this and they're speaking in Vietnamese and we're assuming that that's what they were speaking. But there was something so I enjoyed seeing Vietnamese being spoken on the show. The same as when was talking to his dad. There was just something so representation matters, guys. Even if you think it does, and it does, you know. I loved it. Um, yeah, I loved that part. Although, I'm not going to lie. As I'm taking notes, I'm like, okay, when they're speaking Vietnamese, you have to look up and read the subtitles. (laughs) (laughs) 
I loved that she had groomsmen, which I think were her brothers and her roommate. Yeah. I loved it. They looked so good. Um, you just said it. I thought they were just hanging around. I was like, friends. But she didn't have bridesmaids. Those are her groomsmen. (laughs) So she gets his gift. His note is longer than hers. This is where Bao. Oh man, it was a quick fall from like, wow, I really like you to wow, you real crazy. Yeah, this is not flattering at all. So she just starts. I, I think it's some sort of like. I don't want to call something a panic attack and like make light of it. But she starts mumble like not mumbling, but like when a person is repeating the same thing over and over again. <laughs> because they're having a moment. So she starts with, I hope he's not into sports. I don't want to match with anybody who's into sports. And then she opens up the gift and it's like a couple jerseys. And she's like, he doesn't know how to rap. And then there's like a picture frame. And it's a really nice picture frame with like a, a thing that says like things that we're going to do together or something like it's very, I liked it. It was a nice gift. The problem was, as she was unwrapping, not just her, but her roommate, together in unison, oh no, oh no, and you just get that song, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> she just kept saying it over and over again because it was multiple gifts too. <sighs> and then she's just like, he's a bro, he's a bro. I don't want a bro. I wanted a nerd. Yeah. Oh my just- what is happening? <laughs> and, then, and then we see Johnny being like, I'm so nervous. We see the wedding set up. It's beautiful. Meanwhile, Bao's still going on. She's sitting there. She's like, I have worked with some of the most brilliant minds. None of them are sports people. I'm not feeling good about this because of the sports gifts. I've dated people who are sports fans and it didn't work out. She's still sitting there muttering to herself. I wanted a brilliant mind. Nobel Prize. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, that was scary. <laughs> I wrote that down. I was like, I'm scared. And I'm like, on the other side. I think at some point, she was just looking at the camera. It was very sinister. <laughs> She's like, it's my wedding. It's my day. It's my life. Wow. That, <laughs> one of the thoughts I had was why did they make this the first wedding again at that moment? <laughs> For the entertainment value of watching someone say they wanted to marry a Nobel Prize winner on Married at First Sight. <laughs> what is wrong with you? The reach. <laughs> oh, <laughs> She says, I'm about to walk down the aisle to a big sports fan and I've never had success with sports fans. I mean, I was like the disdain. Yeah, it was dripping. Oh. <laughs> so her dad, Kwong, is there waiting to take her down the aisle. She tells him, like, we're going to do this. She has to take the risk. She's like, what am I doing? We hear her telling her dad to walk slowly. <laughs> so she gets around the corner. The two of them see each other, and Johnny smiles really big. And Bao goes, I know him. Oh, my God, it's Johnny. And they show, like, a little interview, and she's, like, out of the entire universe or world or whatever, Johnny is Pluto or something like that. It was, that metaphor was probably a little too advanced for me. (laughs) But it was such a stark difference. 
<laughs> as soon as she saw him. Yeah. I almost did not believe that was just what we saw like earlier because she was obviously relaxed and she just flipped into a different person, which made me happy, but also worried because honestly, this is not the first time that Bao in one episode has shown us two different Jekyll and Hyde's. Like she's just, she switches. Do you think it's inauthenticity or that she just has a lot of sides to her? Oh, she has a lot of sides. Don't know if it's not all good sides, but that's <laughs> they're the all there. She, she can flip a switch on you. Like she's just—I mean, I don't know. She's gonna be like—I don't want to say erratic. That's that's a strong word, but she's gonna be full of surprises. Let me put it that way. Because yes, she's going to be full of surprises. Because even in this episode, we started with this kind of like nerdy girl, and then we have like a girl having a crazy time in the bachelorette party. And honestly, I like all these sides about, except for the one where she's not a sports fan. Well, I'll have the part where she says, "If you're a me, me, that's going to bring out a side of me that I don't want to come out." <laughs> so they basically just, oh my god, oh my god, each other down the aisle, and then they get up there and they're like, "I haven't seen you in a really long time." So we're like, "Okay, these two, you know, in case you hadn't figured it out, they know each other." And they say the right thing. He goes, you look beautiful. And she goes, you look handsome. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> no, it's always that moment of, yes, now we can move on. And then, of course, our question is, how do they know each other? The whole time I watch the wedding, I'm like, how do they know each other? <laughs> I know. They, they teased that for a long time. So it's very, it's very awkward up there, but like, I feel like Bao was kind of looking at him and kind of sometimes not looking at him. It was a little strange, Mm -hmm. but they make it to the vows and, um, and the descriptions, the descriptions are good. I like the one about Backstreet Boys puts her in a good mood. That was like a little advice he got. Okay. Uh, Pause. mm -hmm. Everything that I disliked about Bao was erased by that Backstreet Boys comment. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I've ever mentioned in the show, but I am a huge Backstreet Boys fan. They are the last concert I saw before COVID. I have seen them like multiple times. I have flown to Vegas to see them during their residency. I am obsessed with Backstreet Boys. So whatever I thought about Bao in that moment, I am loving her forever. That's all I wanted to say. Today I am wearing my Tell Me Why t-shirt, which is the t-shirt that I wore to the Backstreet Boys concert that we went to, which I also think was my last concert before COVID. So yeah, Backstreet Boys, they're amazing. Go see them in concert. Oh, they're, they're back in the area in 2022, by the way. Um, <laughs> I know. I had tickets and then COVID got canceled. But yeah, as we were. <laughs> as we were. Um, her, his vows are good. Lovely. Her vows are a poem that was actually a cute poem, and I'm not a big fan of poetry. So then at the end, the the officiant says you can kiss the bride, and Johnny asks, may I? This one never said yes, but they kissed. It was nice. I feel like they're very cute. Johnny says to us, I think it's going to (laughs) work. And in an interesting little turn of events, they say, I have so many... She says, I have so many questions. I know, me too. Um, but interesting turn of events, they go do wedding photos before they have a one-on-one conversation. Mm. Everything's different, guys. Everything's different. <laughs> so we go see them take pictures. They do okay at pictures. It's not perfect. It's still a little bit awkward, but they do okay. Yeah. Um, their paths crossed many years ago, and Johnny says that he thinks that she's gorgeous and beautiful and hot. 
And we finally find out how they know each other. And when I heard this description, I was like, these experts really suck. Oh, why? Because this is how they know each other. She was president of the Vietnamese Student Association at University of Houston, and he was president of the University of Texas Vietnamese Studio, uh, Student Association. I say that experts didn't do their job. Like, how hard is it for, like, they didn't provide a, I'm just going to say this. We're both Nigerian. We were both members of the Nigerian clubs at our respective university. I would know that the president of one student association has met the president, especially if they were at the same time, of the other Nigerians, correct? I disagree with you. Oh, I was like, uh, no, because we, what do we do? We go to conventions together. Like all of them meet up. UT is two hours away from University of Houston. You don't think they're going to know each other? No, that's not what I disagree with you with because I actually put notes that if a Nigerian was ever on the show, 99% sure they'd have met before because yes, you're right. We were both in the associations, you would know all the schools, but that is if you're an immigrant, it occurs to you. When you're an expert and you're you're born and raised in America, you're not thinking about that. That is not in your line of thinking. Who and, thinks about that? And, and that is incompetent. Write... <laughs> no, it's not. Like, if you're going to be in the business of matching people, then you need to go find some cultural competence. Honestly, if I was going to go through my history and they said, write all the things, I don't know if I'll write down, oh, yeah, I was the vice president of, you know, the student organization. Because, again, you graduated how many years ago? It's like writing a resume. I'm not going to put all my jobs. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't, I'm not even a huge fan of the experts, but I, I'm going to be on their side on this one. Okay, so maybe I'm going after them too hard. But once he said it, I was just like, that is very obvious to me. I understand why it wouldn't be obvious to the experts. Yes. But it was very obvious to me. Yes. Yes, we can agree on that. Yeah. So they um they sit there and they talk and they tell us what they used to think about each other. He she says he had a reputation as a playboy. <laughs> but that she also said, I know Johnny and I don't know Johnny can get deep when he needs to be. I was like, oh. Um, so they do their little champagne toast. They try to without these little sticks that are in the champagne that I think were really getting in their way. She was just, sorry. No, I was like, Johnny just took his out at some point. I was like, why didn't she just do the same? They both seem okay with the fact that they knew each other. Yeah. She says that she had a list of people who she provided to the experts and he wasn't on the list. And apparently she's been seeing them on the dating apps and not swiping left or right. No, she's not been swiping left. She's just been leaving him on hold. Such a great idea. When she said names to exclude, I'm like, have other people been doing that? I would think so, right? I would hope, I think the experts ask everybody for a list of everybody you've dated, because you want to eliminate all those people, especially when you're in the same town. But that's yeah. why I think this always happens with those, like, not always, but when this we already know each other thing has happened, it's not someone you dated or someone you probably even thought about. It's like a third or fourth order type thing. Do you know what something I want manifested in one of the future seasons? I want two people, even though they're excluded, that are going to be matched, that have dated each other before. <laughs> just for the drama. So it will be one girl and then one guy, and then just, you know, cross paths. And be like, that's my ex. They're just really cute together. And then they have this conversation where I'm like, please work out. 
So he says something that I insisted upon and like really wanted to do at the wedding is that I want to do a tea ceremony. And she said, oh, I wanted to do a tea, insisted upon a tea ceremony too. And so they like get ready to go do the tea ceremony. I guess we'll see that next week. And Johnny says that the day um, was a fairy tale come true and it feels like destiny. Aww. And I'm like, please work out. Please work out. They have to work out. At that moment, I was just like, Johnny's dad is missing out. This was such a great moment. And you're just forever not going to be at your son's wedding. For what? And thank you, Married at First Sight, because I'm so looking forward to what a tea ceremony is. And they better explain the significance of all of it. I know. And the pictures are even great. Oh, it was so great. That mean, at this point, I understood why they were the first wedding that they showed us. It was perfect. I just had all the feels. I just, my cheeks were hurting. I didn't even know I was smiling the entire time. This was a great first episode. Um, and I, I give credit to all the couples, but I think a lot of it had to do with Johnny and Bao. Because they, they just, they, they gave us a really good first wedding. Yeah, the bar has been set, man. <laughs> So, Abe, who has your bouquet for the week? My bouquet for the week, shockingly enough, actually goes to Zach and Michaela because I liked them. Um, <laughs> um, I guess they tired also with Johnny and Bao for just being so cool at their wedding. But, yeah, that was a tie. Zach and Michaela, because I have very high hopes for them. I think they're they're really cool people. And he's just really, I think he got a lot of hot points. Now that I think about it, I'm like, I think I just gave it to him because he's hot. Um, <laughs> but Johnny and Bao brought us like a really good wedding and good reactions and like such a positive attitude, even though they already knew each other. So yeah, that's who has my bouquet. Who has your bouquet? So my bouquet is two individuals, not a couple, but Johnny and Michaela, because they were just the ball of energy that we needed in both sides. So who has your burnt ashes? Bao does for her reaction to that gift. Can you get a bouquet and a burn ashes in the same episode? Yes, you can if your name is Bao. I want a sports guy. I want a Nobel laureate. Are you crazy? <laughs> Who has your burn ashes? Again, two individuals that are not a couple, but Merla and Jose. Like, we're in season 13. You just got to know the attitude to have when you come here. And that's speaking about Merla. And then for Jose, it's mostly me projecting and foreshadowing bad things to come. God, you don't even have to do anything. I just have to think you're going to do something in the future, and that's how you get this. Yeah. <sighs> okay. You guys, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on our socials. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And we hope to see you next week. Bye. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.